0: My name is Chantal. Um, I identify as a recovering drama eater, controller, obsessor, codependent, chaos creator, a junkie and sugar addict. Today, I've decided I'm gonna talk about my experience of step three, uh, which reads, I've made a decision to turn my life and my will over to the care of God. First, I'd like to start with the set aside prayer. This is a practice that I've picked up in the past year, and it really helps me stay open and willing to what God wants to do in my life. So here it is. God, please enable me to set aside everything I think I know for an open mind and a new experience. Help me see the truth about the failure of my life run on self-will and my decision to turn my life and my will over to your care. Thank you, God. John, if you could share the screen and uh, put the picture on the screen, that would be great. So this picture, this picture was taken uh, 10 years ago, uh, but it's still part of my step three experience today because it was uh, an exercise that was very concrete and that I saw some sudden uh, shifts in my mindset. So the goal of the experience was to climb a 40 foot redwood tree, stand at the top, refocus, practice ground and center. So being fully present in the moment, being still and knowing that God was with me. The surface at the top was only big enough for both my feet. And then I had to jump off and catch the trapeze. When I reached for the trapeze and only barely caught it with one hand, my first thought was I didn't do it right. Then came, that wasn't good enough. And finally, I could do better. It's no wonder I was getting ahead, not getting ahead in life. I was more focused on perfection and reliving the mistakes of the past than letting go and being fully alive. Then from the group below, I heard, let that go, choose and move. And when I finally did, I experienced such a big release and joy the next day people were commenting about how, how my face was radiant and I looked 10 years longer younger and I really felt this new freedom. So letting go of that self-defeating thinking and celebrating my leap of faith um, was easier because in that moment I trusted God. I knew that the measures were in place to catch me when and if I failed or fell. And uh, it opened my mind to the possibility that there's more than one way or a right way or my way to reach my goal. A little later when I shared this picture with my kids um, and talked to them about my perspective on my self-defeating mindset, my son was so positive and encouraging. His perspective caused me to pause and reconsider my thinking. He said to me, "'Mom, how could you even think "'that one-handed reach was a failure?' It was courageous and risky and a cool way for you to have some fun. I've since recognized that the way I feel about myself drives my thoughts. When I change my thoughts, my actions change. I always have a say in whether or not I choose and move. For the longest time, my thoughts have provided a way for me to deal with my feelings, ways of thinking, my way out of emotional pain, ways of dealing with anger, ways of finding solutions that meet my needs, like, a cheap, like cheap sugar fixes, $4 for 200 grams of sugar at the dollar store. However, truth be told, there's only one solution that works every time. That involves turning it over to God. The required action is to move 20 inches, the distance between my knees and the floor. That's how far I have to go to find God's mercy." It's a stolen quote from uh, Louis Giglio. I know the actions I must take to release self-defeating thinking. They include studying God's word, praying to him. And then when I finally take action, my negative thinking is released. The truth of God's word shields my mind from fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, what ifs, etc. Still today, something as simple as not reading the word consistently leads me away from God and his guidance. Most recently, I began incorporating a longer meditation time into my daily practices. But as a result, I stopped reading the word and wasn't praying consistently. Then, because I was not seeking God first, I was actually putting my spirit at risk. A risk of loss, harm, failure, threat, danger. Um, And perhaps you're thinking, surely I'm exaggerating. Sadly, I'm not. Um, And I look forward to discussing it perhaps a little more in the unrecorded portion of the meeting. But because of those challenges, I have learned that God didn't allow it, but used it as a reminder of my need for prayer and equipping, my need to purposefully get to my knees and seek his direction in what it is he would have me speak. I shared with Johnny before we started that two weeks ago, uh, a friend of mine got an opportunity to share our recovery in an interview style panel, and it wasn't recorded, so I wasn't as nervous. But some of the things I'd confessed there, I had thought I had dealt with. And then Sunday rolled into Monday, and there was shock, And then when uh, then Tuesday, then Wednesday, Wednesday came, uh, thankfully, um, more healing, but it was very unexpected and unforeseen. Um, All this to say that I've learned that it is important to pray and also that faith is not a feeling. It's a choice, a decision to take action moment by moment, standing on God's word, believing in his promises and praying without season ceasing, sorry. It's as simple as connecting with God. I have learned that sometimes committing to crafted prayer at first is helpful because in my case, I am prone to lapse. I'll have lapses in concentration, lapses in memory, uh, lapses in judgment. I would uh, hesitate to say that those lapses are essentially uh, setting me up for a further relapse. And I'm not trying to be defeatist, but rather encouraging, because after 10 years, even though I've practiced these things, I'm still susceptible to distraction, diversion, and delusion. The enemy knows that, and so he tries to use it. But I choose to know and believe that my God is bigger than all these problems. Another church cliche that I've had a hard time with is let go and let God. While others mean well when they declare it, it drove me to mental obsession. No longer would I let a thought, worry or fear go, it was back causing havoc in my thinking. Many of you may have heard that men's brains are like waffles which means they can compartmentalize things and only deal with one thing at a time. The saying there then goes that women's brains are like spaghetti which there's a lot of intertwining and connections and all sorts of things going on at the same time. Um, In my case, I described it as roller coasters in a water park with something going on with every turn, dip, climb and drop. I was trapped in an endless loop, enslaved by what is worst case scenarios and missing out on the goodness of each moment, each hour and even each day. If many of you know the Bible, you would know that in Genesis 2, the first battle that Adam and Eve faced was the battlefield of the mind. And through my recovery, I'm coming to recognize just how important it is and that the best way to do to start my day or to start any action is to actually intentionally seek God first. Um, there was a time in my life where I wore a band and if, if something was going on, I would switch it to the other wrist, kind of to remind me, um, I've moved on from that. But like I said earlier, I still find there are a number of lapses and difficulty remembering. Um, my sponsor likes to say that uh, so she likes to point me to the Bible. And when she points me to the Bible, she says, look, we're a forgetful people. Look at the the, the Old Testament. Look at the New Testament. Look at no nobody's perfect. And why are you expecting that perfection from yourself? So um Moving on, the OA 12 and 12 describes the first three steps of recovery like this. One, I can't. Two, God can. And three, I will let God. So simple, yet not easy. Because I want to live free, I'm learning to accept help without reservation from God and begin taking the actions that will allow me to receive that help from God, from others, to strengthen my recovery. As a strong, independent woman, I've been prideful, I've relied on myself, and I've done this to the extent of isolating myself from people who simply seek to love on me, encourage me, and help me heal. It's been difficult, but I've started to recognize that with each passing day, um, I can do it because I can do it with God. So the importance of choosing and moving means that I must surrender my preconceived notions about what is right for me. When I am faced with choices, I need to turn it over to God and wait for his direction, then act on it. Confession, I'll never do this perfectly, just as I've already shared. Um, And actually, as a matter of fact, because I expect things to look a certain way or, or to speak a certain way, I actually do do still cringe at the use of thee, thou, and thy in the step three prayer. But because I'm turning to God, I've accepted the way it is written. And I believe that this is a prayer he wants me to speak to break the notion and the bias that I might have. And that's sort of a form of letting go. I'll just read it here. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thy will. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy will, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. As I've learned about myself and others already know, I'm willful, ego-driven, and self-preoccupied, all while acting helpful towards others. It's, that's one of the traits of codependence. And I remember uh, walking through with a Pacey and having the Pacey come to a realization that all the good she believed she was doing was actually out of <clears throat> a selfish motive, out of a desire to meet her own needs instead of a desire to um, act according to God's will for her life. <clears throat> Finally, after many experiences, I've accepted that my intellect and thinking cannot save me, neither can pride, arrogance, grandiosity or insecurity. <clears throat> the following that I'd like to share is a reading from Serenity. It's a companion. It's a New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs companion to the 12 steps. So this is one of the uh, devotions on Step 3. <clears throat> So the slogan that I hear is, but for the grace of God, which means that the miracle of my recovery is not paid for through some ledger of good works or good behavior. My old perfectionism, performance, and people-pleasing do not prove my worth or measure to the degree of how good I am. I cannot earn my way into the grace of God. Rather, it is a gift from God. And as I work the recovery, I'm learning that. And I need to repeat it often. Uh, Having been raised in a staunch religion, it's really difficult to change things that I've believed or acted upon for 40 plus years. Um, But in step three, that's where I'm learning to surrender this perfection and embrace God's grace. And then I begin to, I'm able, God always works with sort of a, remove and replace with better, Um, I don't know how to describe it. Hold on a sec. Um, What I'm getting at is the more humble I am and the more I acknowledge God and my need for him, the easier it becomes to surrender because I get the benefits of his reward. And I have walked far enough along the path to, um, to keep walking in that path even though I'm not doing it perfectly. <clears throat> this involves trusting him as I discover and recover who he's created me to be. So in a summary, in that context, as I've made the commitment to relinquish my self-will, self-preoccupation, um, self-absorption, self-centeredness, my dependencies and ex- ex- ugh, excessive ambitions, my dreams, my my um, expectations, actually. It's not even dreams, it's I walk into situations with a set mind and an expectation, and if it doesn't occur, I get disappointed, and that leads to... Um, to depression. So instead, by praying every day, by seeking God first, by um, turning it over to him, I can find peace and restoration. I'm grateful to know that I'm on a journey back to Eden, naked and unashamed. So last year I started learning about turning over things in my attitude and choosing to replace with more of what God had to offer. Um, I'd like to share with you a collective work my prayer group did, uh, because I believe it lends well to step three. But first, let me set the stage. Um, I came into the meeting that week convinced that I should bring worship flags to praise God. And I was bound and determined to convince the pastor, the elders, the leaders, Anybody who would listen, that flag worship should be part of our Sunday experience. I even went as far as searching scripture, looking up well-known theologians to make my case. Finally, on the drive over to our prayer meeting, God began to convict me. So there's a difference between my, using my will and convincing others and God convicting either myself or others in a direction that we should take as a church. Um, But in the end, because I was convicted, I conceded. This involved admitting what I had set out to do, letting go what I thought worship could look like, and confessing that I had set out to be right at all costs. And the miracle in that moment is the fact that this happened all within 60 minutes. So there are times where I in my past where I would have been so hell bent on convincing someone that I would not have let it go that I would walk through with that for days, weeks, even months, and sometimes not acting but rather replaying it in my in, in my head right and seeing how I might be able to control that and affect that and if I use um if I use an experience that's relative to today, uh, I'm a new grandmother and I'm a little envious that the other grandparents live closer. So like five minutes away, we live 55 minutes away and I would love to see my family and my granddaughter. Um, and because of the pandemic, it's just, there's. I feel there's been a loss, I lost, the time in which my dad, my my daughter moved from successful young businesswoman to engaged mama of my first grandchild, and I, and I struggle with that, and I, and I grieve that, but I know. That in my own strength, I would want to manipulate people. Like, you know, I'd want to make her feel bad about it and then have her talk to her husband and then come out, have him talk to his mom. And it comes up really strong. And I'm grateful that I can share that um with my spouse because it's when I once I get out of my head, it's like, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna be creating drama in, in, in relationships that I, with the people that I care so much about. Um, so coming back to that uh, experience of convincing over convicting, the end result was that I chose to step back and not get hung up in my own desires. And I want to share some of the revelations that were made because it's a result of trusting and obeying God that Uh, I've come to better understand what God is asking me to choose and act on. So I'll just read a few of them. So perhaps for you, it's choosing relationship over religion, faith over fear, boldness over timidity, anointing over adrenaline, being praying people over people who pray, seeking God's face over seeking his hand, resting in your outcomes over his expectations. Protection over persecution. Buried over burden. For his glory over my story. I know there's a lot of times in my life that I've really focused on my story instead of God's glory. Uh, Trust over worry. Surrender over comfort. Um, It's difficult for me to get out of my comfort zone. But I know that now recognize that when I'm doing it, it is an act of surrender. And God honors that. Uh, Unforced rhythms of grace over busyness, his timing over mine, shield of faith over spiritual defeat, um, God's power over my need for control, God's holiness over my self-righteousness, a humble heart over a prideful soul, godly strength over weariness. And finally, freedom over captivity. Um, I hope that just by sharing some of my story, I was able to convey that step three is about taking action. It's about our faith and our willingness to do what God is calling us to do once we've actually paused uh, in prayer and have listened and heard what he said. And the last encouraging thing that I'd like to leave you with is that um, I still have lapses every single day I've gone as far as having the word I don't know if this will show faith it's upside down is it faith tattooed on my arm and still I forget to lift it up against the enemy um so yeah I dare you to join me and take a leap of faith and I really appreciate this group and thanks for listening